Good morning and welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Galen. Folks, oh, I hope that that goes and gets the cobwebs out of you this Sunday morning as we gather in the presence of God on this hour, worshipping him and praising him for who he is. Really? Is that why we go and praise God? We praise God for who he is. Of course it is. But who is God to you? That is also the other question that one need to be asking oneself, isn't it? We all have different concept of who God is and what God is about and why God is doing what he's doing. But does it line up with what we read of in and through the pages of scripture? But to continue our time of praise, let us stop up for a moment and listen to the reading of Psalm 149 by Charlize. And as she reads this psalm to us, let us stop up and consider the reasons why this psalmist was praising God. Have a listen. We're reading Psalms 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in the Maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their King. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in his honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. As we listened to Charlie's reading the psalm and we stop up and ask ourselves a question, why? Why should I praise God? I mean, what has God done for me? Maybe the question that you're asking in your heart. You may be going and saying, well, I don't even know the presence of God. Well, the psalmist here goes and outlines a few reasons to why it is that he is saying that we should praise God. One of the reasons in this psalm, one of the reasons that the psalmist is expounding here that the people of Israel should go and praise the Lord for is that he is their maker. The second thing is that he is their king. And then the third thing he goes and says that they ought to praise him for is because of his name. Now, why praise God for his name? Well, if you stop up and think about it, the name of Jesus means the Lord saves. Another name that the person of Jesus Christ has is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Another thing is that we are told, for example, in Proverbs 18 and verse 10, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. Another reason is that when in prayer, when we go and speak to the Lord, converse with him, the Lord Jesus Christ goes and says that if we ask our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus Christ, it will be given unto us. But we'll be looking at that in a little bit more detail in a while. But here is the point. The point is that the name of Jesus Christ carries huge significance. And I would like to go and put this to you. Think about this. The only name... That is used as a swear word. Irrespective of what faith anybody comes from is the name of Jesus Christ. The only name that is continuously being put down, being dragged in the mud, being made little of, the only person who ends up always being put down is the person of Jesus Christ. I ended up, I was having a conversation with a work colleague a number of years ago and we got talking about Christ, about the person of Jesus 
and he came from a Muslim background. And when we were conversing, I was speaking about Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus the other thing and who Jesus is and how wonderful Jesus is. And he turned around to me and he says, can you kindly stop talking about Christ? I said, I can't. He says, why not? I said, because the reason is that I'm a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. And so I will praise the person of Jesus Christ because of what he has done for me. He is my salvation. He is the one who has delivered me from death. He is the one who has given me eternal life. And when we look at verse 4, just this one verse gives the reason why it is that the psalmist is telling the people of Israel that they ought to go and worship God. And here it is. For the Lord take delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Today, if you are someone who is a follower of Jesus, the Lord is taking delight in you. If you are someone who professes to be a Christian, the Lord takes delight in you. And he crowns the humble with victory. Can you go and say, yes, I know that God takes delight in me this day. And that's a reason for me to praise the Lord. Midlands 183. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we're talking about praising God and the psalmist and the reasons to why it is that he was praising God. And one of the things that it says in the psalm is that we're to sing songs of joy. Last weekend I was promoting the event that was taking place in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland in Burr in regard to suicide awareness and regard to the work of Midland Living Links. Those of you who have been listening to this show for the last number of years will know that every September I go and focus in on that sort of topic because September is the month for suicide awareness and prevention. Midland Living Links do a wonderful job coming alongside families who have been bereaved by suicide and left to try and navigate those waters. And what Midland Living Links is is a group of volunteers who come alongside and journey with those families. And so it was a really worthy cause. So in regard to Living Links, what's taking place next Saturday coming is an ecumenical service in the Catholic Church at 10 o'clock, followed by a gathering at the Tree of Hope, which is outside the church in Burr. And there'll be other events around the area in the coming weeks. So if you're free next Saturday morning at 10, we'd love to see you there. That's in St. Brendan's Catholic Church in Bar. The thing is, though, as we were at the event, it was a wonderful opportunity for myself and my family to be playing music, but not just to be playing music, but to also be accompanied by the other musicians on the night while we were doing our little slot of singing a few hymns to Irish tunes. Many years ago, I was going through a dark space in my life. And only due to God's intervention am I alive today. Only because of what God has done. And this is something that has really impacted my life, especially one little verse, which is in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. And you will have heard me mention it before, but I mention it again. And that is that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Every day we get up, we have a God-given purpose to be here. 
And so no matter how bleak the day, no matter how dark the circumstances we find ourselves, no matter what is going on in our lives, there is one reality which is true. The fact that you are here, you have a God-given purpose to be here. And I just want to say that, as I said, I was in a very dark space many years ago and blinded to the blessings and the reality of life. I really believed that this world would be better off without me. And I'd taken steps to ensure that that was going to be the case only for God's intervention. But now as a result, every day has been a blessing. And that's what I want to share with you. There's been dark days, there's been bright days, there's been exciting days, there's been boring days. You know, every day is just an ordinary day, but it is a blessing. And so when I read a scripture that goes and says, this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I can honestly tell you that I rejoice and I am glad with the fact that God intervened in my life. Because of God, and because of what he has done in my life, I have a wife, a beautiful wife. She puts up with me, so that makes her even more beautiful. I have four children, three natural, one adopted. And we have a little fellow now living in our house. But you see, here's what the, where the blessing comes into it. The blessing comes into it is in that not only have I been blessed with this, but my parents have been blessed with grandchildren as a result of God's intervention that day. But not only that, every time I come to a place, every time I go and meet with people, all those events would not have happened and could not happen if I had succeeded in the journey and the route that I was going down. And that's what makes it so, so special. Every encounter that you have, every person that you meet, that is a blessed moment, especially if you are one who was choosing to remove yourself from this world. And I will go and say, hold on to that. Paul, in one of his writings, goes and says, the reason I live is Christ. Now, I don't know what Paul's mental state of mind was. I don't know what his spiritual state of mind was. I don't know exactly in what context we can look at the letter in which he wrote it and we can discern various things. But that statement, for me, became paramount and has become paramount in my life. The reason I live is Christ. I've been very blessed because of Christ. Christ has blessed me with my wife, Vicky. Christ has blessed me with my children, Joshua, Jessica, Wilden, and Drew. Christ has blessed me with the home I have. Christ has blessed me with the job I am now in. Christ blessed me in the job I was in when I was working as a floor manager in Heffern and Tires. Christ has blessed me with the fact that I'm actually having this conversation with you over the radio. Christ has gone and blessed me with opportunities that I never imagined I couldn't have. When I was leaving the theological college, the scripture that actually was really imprinted on my mind, just as I had left the building for the last time, the scripture that was imprinted on my mind, and I believe God was the one who placed it there, was look to the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your day that had I told you, you would not have believed it. And the truth is that my life has been just that. When I look back, it is so full of joy and excitement and wonder at what it is and I have got up to and the different opportunities I've had 
and everything else and just how the Lord has directed and blessed my life has been absolutely wonderful. The truth is that all of that would never have happened only that God intervened in my life in a miraculous way. The truth is that we wouldn't be having this conversation. The truth is that I wouldn't be in the career that I'm in now. The truth is I wouldn't have been in the career that I was in. The truth is that I wouldn't have met all the people that I have met. The truth is that I wouldn't be the one who will be going and speaking about the wonderful work that Midland Living Links do. And you might be thinking, my goodness, Nigel just speaks about nothing else but Midland Living Links. They are an organisation. It is of no benefit to me to go and be promoting it, but they are an organisation that I believe in their work. And what I also want to say is if you are someone and you have lost a loved one today due to suicide, God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And here's what maybe that plan and purpose could be that he has prepared in advance. Because of that experience, you could come alongside and help someone else who is also journeying that road. That you will be able to walk with them the one mile or the two miles or the three miles or the four miles that they need. Just to have someone that they can go and speak with. And so I would encourage you, if that is who you are, and you can help, you can come alongside someone else. Why don't you contact Midland Living Links and see how you can be a blessing to someone else. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. In this show, we're talking about praising God and worshipping God for who he is. We've been looking at the impact that he can make on a life as I was sharing my own personal story. And there's a reason to praise God that every day is a blessing because... No matter how the day turns out, no matter how dark the day, no matter how bright the day, whatever, God is still got a plan and a purpose for you to be here and for me to be here. And that is something to celebrate. And even in that, the people that we meet and encounter, be it good or bad, is all part of the adventure that we're on. And so every day is an adventure. When I'm chatting with Onfar Bjorg and he ends up that he's going away someplace or going doing something, but... We don't want to tell him where it is that he's going. I just go and say, you're going on an adventure. And so he's always now going on an adventure. And you know what? Life is like that. Every day we wake up to a new adventure. But we wake up to an adventure that is with Christ. On September the 23rd, which is a Saturday at 7pm in, in the Methodist Church in Tullamore, Gene Watson, who is an international musician, Speaker, writer, is coming to the church and she is going to be sharing part of her story and she's going to be singing some of her songs. She has produced 13 albums and some of her music has featured on this show before. But in this next clip, it's a little bit of where she is sharing a painful process that she was going through in 2022 and how God is using that painful process to go and transform her life. And even though she's going through it, she can come to a point where she can praise God and thank God for what he's doing. And then after her sharing, there is a song sung by her called He Changes Everything. 
Now, I don't know about you guys. Is there any disappointment from 2022? Any losses? Any maybe unmet expectations? If, it's, if your life was just wonderful in 2022, you didn't have any disappointment or hurts, that's wonderful and I'm happy for you. <laughs> maybe you could lift up the face of someone in your heart that you know did suffer loss in 2022. I suffered a disappointment in 2022, a big disappointment. And it was extremely painful. And I hated it. And I went to the Lord in my pain and, you know, this isn't fair, God. Why me, God? This hurts, God. This really, really, really hurts. And, uh, but when I went to the Lord about it, all he would tell me were two words, trust me. Trust me. I didn't like those two words. I want you to take the pain away. And he's like, trust me. You're gonna be so glad you're going through this trial because what's on the other side of this trial would come no other way. And you even need this trial. Where I didn't wanna hear that, but I was able to trust him, at least with my words, not right away with my heart. I'm gonna be really honest with you. There were some days this summer where I found it really difficult to pray. I just didn't like him. It's like, God, I mean, I love you, but I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you because, you know, he is not all that concerned about our happiness. And that really irritates me. He's, he's concerned about our holiness. He's trying to make us more like Jesus. I'm, God, I'm like, but God, I just want to be happy. I want to be comfortable. I want my life to be nice and pleasant and sweet. And he's like, I thought you wanted to follow me. I thought you gave your heart to me. Well, I did, God, but you know, I expected, um, you know, I expected it to go differently and I thought, you know, this was gonna be really fun and then my life doesn't look like what I planned it was going to look like. And, and there's the Holy Spirit laughing at me. God has such a sense of humor. And he says, oh, Jean, I thought this wasn't about your plans. I thought you said this was about my plans, but well, I want your plans as long as I like them. When I don't like your plans, can I have my life back? You know, this is what my flesh is saying. My spirit knows what is going on. You know, I understand that this is my flesh burning. You know, and I had a friend pray with me, a, a pastor friend, and, and uh, you know, he was saying, you know, what's, what's going on, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing's going on. It's just the smell of burning flesh, all right? Can you just smell the flesh burning? You know, there's like no more left to burn. It's like he's taking his little chainsaw. God has taken his chainsaw. He's chopping off all the limbs on my vine. You know, I don't have any arms left. I don't have any legs. It's like, do you have anything left that you can prune off of me? Because there ain't nothing left. I'm a stump, okay? I'm just a stump. There's no more flesh. There's no more branches. And he's like, oh, good. That's good. That's so good because he prunes the ones that he loves. Jesus said in John 15 too, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch, listen, that does bear fruit, he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful. But I don't like the pruning process. Can we just stop? I want comfort. And, and this is what, you know, God is asking us when the pain comes. And it really doesn't matter 
what happened, you know, whether it was our fault, whether it was someone else's fault, whether it was life, or sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes the Lord will, will, will put us in positions where he is going to prune our flesh. And that's not that he causes suffering, but he's going to use the pain in our life to deal with idols in our hearts that don't need to be there. Anything that we might be holding on to or loving more than him, and that hurts. Oh my goodness. And so there's the Lord. You know, I'm telling God, you can have anything you want in my life. You can have this, you can have this, you can have all of my toys, but you can't have um, this one thing in my closet. Like, there's nothing under my saddle. There, nope, there's, I'm not hiding any idols. Uh, nope, there's nothing going on. And Jesus is going, hmm, what are you sitting on? What's in that closet? Nothing. And God is saying, I want that. I want that not to cause you pain, but because it's holding you back from being as fruitful as I know you could be. Your flesh has got to be chopped off. I'm like, ah. But I went through it. I'm still going through it. I can't say that I loved it. I can't say that I felt good about it, but I could say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And if I have to hurt for a little while, it's okay. And I rejoice in advance because I know in 2023 and the years to come, there's gonna be more fruit coming out of my life than ever before. Because guess what? There's a whole lot less of Gene. Praise God. There's more of Jesus. Praise God. And he is gonna be more free to bear fruit wherever he sends me. And I rejoice in that. And it makes the pain so worth it. There is no destiny fulfilled without the death of our will. Midlands 183. Well, a very good morning to you once again. Uh, this is Pastor Chris from Tullamore Bible Church. And I'm so glad you've joined us once again as we continue to uh, look at this series that we've entitled Real Jesus, where we try to remove misconceptions about Christ and his word and rediscover who he really is from God's word, the Bible. What does God expect of you? You know, if all of us in the broadcast this morning could gather in one room, and let's imagine we passed out post-it notes to um, all of us, and we asked the question, what do you think God expects of you? I think we'd probably come up with all sorts of different answers. You know, some might say uh, some kind of religious activity. They might put something down like that. Um, others might write, love your neighbor, um, be nice to other people, uh, follow the golden rule, you know, others might simply honestly say, I don't know what he expects of me. I wish I did. You know, the truth is the sheer variation in the answers to this question would only highlight the reality that many, many of us have a misconception about what God wants from us, a misconception or a wrong idea about what's really important to God. I want to emphasize something this morning that is often overlooked, and that is this. The most important thing to God in your life is what you do with his words. Let me say that one more time. The most important thing to God in your life is what you do with his words. Now, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 this morning. So if you have your Bible, you are more than welcome to turn there and to follow along. And we are going to see what Jesus has to say about this. 
As we've looked at the life of Christ, we've seen him do a number of different things, but here in his teaching ministry, he is going to reveal to us something about himself, something about God, that I think we often overlook, and that is that the most important thing to him in our life is what we do with his words. That's what he expects of us. So Mark chapter 4, verse number 1, it says this, And Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was so shallow. But when it came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still others fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we're coming to the end of harvest season, and the farmers have been feverishly working to get the job done, haven't they? Now, think about all that stuff that was harvested. How did it get there? Now, it all started when someone put a seed in the ground, didn't it? Now, Jesus is speaking, it says in verse 2, in parables. Now, what's a parable? When I was a kid, I went to Sunday school at a little church on Niagara Falls Boulevard in Buffalo, New York. And I remember our Sunday school teacher telling us that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, that's a pretty good way of explaining it. A parable is a story about something you're familiar with, you know, tangible like farming. And that is used to illustrate a spiritual truth. It's actually very helpful. So let's look at this parable. Uh, In it, a farmer goes out to spread seed, and the seed falls on four different kinds of ground. There's the hardened path, there's rocky ground, there's thorny ground, and then there's the good ground. And Jesus says that the four kinds of ground represent four different kinds of people, and he categorizes them by their response to his word. And the question we want to ask this morning is, what kind of ground or what kind of hearer are you? What kind of hearer am I? It's the same seed that has completely different experiences depending upon the ground that it falls on. The seed that falls on the hardened path just sits on the top, and it's not long before it's taken away by the birds. The seed that lands on the rocky ground starts to sprout, Uh, But the ground is so full of rocks that it can't take root. The seed that falls among thorns starts to take root, but the weeds eventually choke it out, and so it never bears any fruit. But some of the seed falls on good ground, and that grows and is very fruitful. Now, Jesus is going to explain the parable in a minute, but first, he explains why he spoke in parables. Look what it says in verse number 10. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. In other words, he's telling them that um, he's going to explain to them how the kingdom of God works, or how things work in God's uh, economy and the spiritual realm. 
Um, then it goes on to say, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may ever be seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Wow. Now, uh, while that might seem a little harsh at first glance, it actually gives us some very helpful insight into how um, God works. There's a spiritual principle that's taught throughout the Bible and it's mentioned here. I'll state it, and then I'll explain it. Um, Light obeyed reveals more light. In other words, if you obey what you already know God wants you to do, if you follow what you already know God wants you to do, he will then reveal the next step. Light obeyed reveals more light. See, verse 12 that we just read is actually a quote from Isaiah chapter 6 in the Old Testament. In that situation, God had some very important things to say to his people, the nation of Israel. The problem was they had already decided that they weren't going to listen. But God, in his mercy, was going to speak to them anyway. And so it is today. Many people have already decided that they're not going to listen to God. Now, this could be for a number of different reasons. Um, There are some who are so consumed with what they want that they really have no interest in what their creator wants. They've effectively set themselves up as the God of their own lives, so to speak, a self-idolatry of sorts. It's a very easy trap to fall into, actually. But I think a very common reason that many people have little to no interest in what God says is that they have a picture of God that is very inaccurate and simply untrue. That was certainly the case in Jesus' day. See, at the time uh, Jesus taught this parable, the Jewish people had been under the weight of a very demanding religious system uh, led by a religious elite, the Pharisees. While it claimed to be from God, much of it wasn't. There was actually a lot of evil going on behind the scenes. God's word had been reduced to a mere ornament in the religious system, and religious rituals and traditions had taken its place. Much wrong had been done in the name of God. Now, the religious leaders didn't want to hear what God had to say because it would jeopardize their power over the people. But the sad thing is that the religious system had actually misrepresented God so badly and for so long that people lost interest in hearing from God. Now, the very same thing can happen today. Listen, don't tune God out just because of someone else's hypocrisy. As the internationally recognized Christian psychologist, Dr. Diane Langberg, put it, anything done in the name of God that does not bear his character through and through is not from him at all. Don't blame God for someone else's sinful choices. He is the only one who can help you really make sense of life with all its hurts and heartaches. Psalm 119 verse 130 says that the entrance of God's word gives light and understanding. And how you respond to God's word is of vital importance, and it will dramatically impact the trajectory of your life. God has spoken. He has revealed himself in the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. And he has revealed himself in the inscribed word, the Bible. God has spoken to you. The question is, what kind of hearer are you? As Jesus said in verse 9, He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. Remember, the most important thing to God in your life is what you do with his words. It will dramatically affect the trajectory of your life. 
Now, we'll look in depth at the four different kinds of hearers next time, but I want to leave you with this thought. No matter if or how you've listened in the past, God wants to speak to you through His Word. God loves you and has revealed Himself to you in His Word. Um, Get a Bible. The Gospel of John is a great place to start. Ask God to speak to you personally through the pages of His Word, and then listen with a heart to obey.